Hey there, it is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and I have a little warning for you this week, my fellow warrior. The ground fighting move that I'm going to show you is absolutely brutal. And to prove it, I'm even going to let you demonstrate it on yourself. Welcome to podcast episode number 390. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training. Urban survival. Close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey there, welcome back everybody. This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com and Warrior Life Academy. Hey listen, before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to Jay Gnizzles, however you pronounce this username, uh, who left me a sweet little comment on our podcast and he said... Your political views render you zero credibility. You are naive and gullible, therefore a danger not only to yourself, but everyone in your surrounding environment. Best of luck. You're going to need it. Aw, Jaganizzles. Well, look, we don't do politics on our show, but you're 100% correct. I am naive and I am gullible. Three failed marriages are probably a pretty good evidence of that. Uh, And somehow you have managed to peer into my mental voting booth. So for that, sir, I give you five stars for your little political peepers out there. You know, I'm even going to give you a bonus star for uh, for just warning everybody around me about how dangerous my naivete is. So you get six stars, Jay Gnizzles. Six stars. All right. Now, for everyone else who is still listening, um, look, if you don't mind me being a card-carrying member of the I can think for myself, I don't need a party to tell me what to think party. Um, Some people have said I'm too liberal. Some people have said I'm too conservative. Um, I just prefer the truth and I am going to defend freedom and my ability to think however I want to think. And uh, I don't need a party to do that. So uh, anyway, if you're loving our podcast and you don't give a shit about my political party, then please go and leave me a badass review wherever you listen in. You can find us and subscribe to our channel on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast fix from. Um, All right. And now on to the real show here. Okay. So the topic for this week's broadcast actually came up as a result of a comment that I got on one of my YouTube videos. If you haven't been to our YouTube channel, it's over at youtube.com slash warrior. And it was a video where I tell you why you never want to punch somebody in a real street fight. Now, that video has been viewed over 15 million times. And frankly, the comments are all over the place. Um, A lot of people for what I'm saying, a lot of people against what I'm saying. Uh, But one commenter who did agree with me goes by the name Chipmunk Rapids Madman, who commented that this is why grapplers usually come out ahead in a street fight. To which I replied... Au contraire, mon frere. So at some point, I'm sure that you've heard that in real fights, 80% of them go down to the ground. Now, I don't know how true that number is. It's, It's probably not that far off when you think about it. And for any number of reasons, I mean, first of all, One or more of the fighters may have taken some sort of a ground-based training program like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or they're a wrestler in high school. And and they actually, like, that's kind of their go-to move is to take somebody down and they feel like they fight better on the ground. But more than likely, it's just because most people can't really fight all that well standing up. They kind of suck at it. So what ends up happening is that it turns into this stand-up grappling match, which then turns into a wrestling match until... Both just get crazy tired or someone's able to kind of get to a superior position, get on the mount, and then start landing some punches there. 
Either way, unless you're in a refereed match with someone of authority who can call foul, break up the fight, it's generally understood that the ground is the worst place for you to be if you're exchanging blows with somebody. I mean, first of all, it's extremely tiring. Um, anybody that's wrestled in high school knows that. It, it's just you, you are going to get out of wind very, very quickly. It's also harder to get to a weapon to defend yourself with. Now, we're talking about a real attack here. We're not talking about like you're just, you know, getting into it with your friend because you're arguing over a girl or who gets the last nacho or whatever, you know. But if you are carrying like a handgun or a knife, if you're wrestling around the ground, you're not going to have necessarily as much um, room to be able to get to those weapons to defend yourself. But the most dangerous factor is that you're extremely vulnerable to attacks by other people who may decide that they want to join in by stomping your coconut with their size 12 shit kickers out there. Not cool, right? So that these are the reasons why I've never really been a proponent of learning skills that require you to be on the ground. Now, look, I know that once Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu came onto the scene in the UFC fights, they pretty much mopped up everybody in the octagon. Anybody, any fighter they came up against because nobody really knew how to fight on the ground. I have mad respect for like the Gracies and the Machados. In fact, at our warrior retreats where my charity um, works with veterans to completely eliminate the effects of combat-related post-traumatic stress disorder, disorder, I've special, I throw a dash in there for a very specific reason, um, by the way, if you if you don't know about our my charity, um, it's over at operationsaveoursoldiers.org. Doing amazing work over there. Go check it out. Um, but we do have a session where we introduce BJJ to the veterans there. We do a session with them. And it's because BJJ has a community. It's like it's, it's really like the people, if you ever go to a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class, like you'll find that it is like a community there. And so we try to give veterans as much community as possible of fellow warriors, because it is one of the things that we struggle with coming back from combat is trying to find somebody that actually un, like kind of gets the whole brotherhood and sisterhood and, and, um, that, that soldier's experience. I'm, I know that like, uh, firefighters and police officers, first responders, I mean, there's that same sort of thing, right? Um, but it, in the military, it's especially, I think, outstanding. So BJJ helps give them a community if that's something that they're interested in. But when it comes to like real, Street fights, one where there aren't any refs, there's no timeouts, nobody to check for wounds, to call the match. My advice is always to get off of the ground as fast as you possibly can before some douchebag buddy of the guy that you're fighting just comes up and football kicks your face because you're getting the best of his homeboy. Now, for that, we are not talking about arm bars, choke holds, figure four leg locks, anything that's going to cost you valuable time on the ground that's going to make you more vulnerable. And so... I give you the nastiest, dirtiest, most horrific gutter move on the planet that is guaranteed to even get somebody who is three times your size off of you. Better yet, I'm going to let you prove my theory right here, right now, using yourself as your own training partner. So what is this nefarious technique that is going to give you an unfair advantage in a ground fight? It's not the, uh, the good old ball grab and twist. It's not even the eye gouge. I know some of you were trying to like guess what it might be. It's frankly something even worse. It is the double fish hook. Okay. So first, let me give you a little briefing on the fish hook itself. The first thing to tell you is that it is illegal in organized sport fighting, like mixed martial arts matches like the UFC, to use a fish hook. 
Now, a simplified explanation of it is basically you stick your finger or fingers in some opening or orifice of your opponent. Now, it could be their mouth, their nose, an eye. It could even be a cut that the fighter has that you try to like get your finger in there and tear it open and create a bigger wound. Now, it's effective because, number one, it gives you easy leverage. So if you're able to get your finger into somebody's mouth or nose or whatever it is and twist them around, then the head, where the head goes, the body is going to follow. So it allows you to get somebody off of you. It gets, you, you can really displace them by, because you get a lot of leverage and there's a lot of pain there. So that means that a smaller person can get a bigger person off of them if they really have to. Um, the other thing is that the reason why it's illegal is because it can cause permanent disfigurement. So, you can blind somebody, you might, um, you know, you're going to open up wounds that might need stitches, going to leave scars. So that's another reason why it's illegal in like UFC matches. But we're not talking about sport fighting here, right? We're talking about a street attack. We're talking about potentially life or death, even by accident. Like I've seen gang, uh, you know, when I was in New Mexico, I was in a highly populated or high gang population area and I'd seen gang fights. Um, I was in security at that time and dealt with a lot of these guys. And it was, I mean, the human body is actually quite frail and quite strong at the same time. But most people don't know how fragile the body is. And I've seen people, I mean, they were, these were death blows that were given in some of these fights. So it could even be by accident. It is life or death. So frankly, I don't, I don't give two shits about whether some dirtbag who wants me to fund his next hit on the crack pipe gets disfigured or, you know, gets some debilitating injury because we're wrestling around on the, on the gas station pavement and, you know, I'm, I'm fighting for my life there. So how do you do the fish hook? Well, it's actually quite simple. All you really have to do is get to an orifice. Any, any orifice is going to do, but I do have an advanced trick that I'll tell you about here in a second. So it could be their nose. It could be their eye um, inside their cheek. Like they're, you know, like some freaking largemouth bass. Um, you don't even have to see your attacker. That's one of the benefits of it is that you're using your fingers anyway. If you're, if you're grappling around, if you're in a ground fight. So all you have to do is feel your way around their face, their head until you find an opening. And then all you do is just hook your finger into that opening and then pull around their head. So you don't want to pull straight out. You basically, if you think about like if you're going around their head and you put a finger into their mouth, um, you just want to make sure that you don't stick your finger like beyond their teeth or else you're going to get chomped on. But when you do that and you pull, there's going to be extreme stretching of the mouth there, which is very, very painful. But if you are turning around the head, right? So if you wrap your left arm around their head, like let's say like a, a headlock sort of thing, and then you're able to get a finger into the left side of their mouth. If you twist around to the left, like you're basically trying to spin their head on their body, that's what you're looking for. You're not trying to pull straight out because that's not gonna, it's not gonna stretch, it's not gonna hurt, and it's not gonna give you the leverage that you need. Now you can demonstrate this on yourself right now just by taking one finger and sticking it into your cheek and then pulling to the side. And what you're going to find is it takes absolutely no strength whatsoever to begin to pull your head around. But wait one second there, warrior. That is not the gutter move that I promised you. That is only the setup of my dirtiest, nastiest ground fighting technique. Now, remember what I called it before, the double fish hook. Now let's go back to your mouth here for a second. So get that finger back in there 
And now what I want you to do is stick your other finger into your other cheek. Go ahead and do it. You just like <laughs> get a finger in each side of your mouth. That's it. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. And slowly, slowly now, start to pull your cheeks and your lips in opposite directions. Okay. You feel that? Now, imagine just ripping your fingers apart as hard as you can. So, the question now is how can you pull this off in the fear of a, uh, in the, like the fury of a real fight? Because you can feel how devastating this would be. If you pull your fingers apart, you are going to rip the skin. There's going to be blood everywhere. It is going to be horrific. Now, the key to pulling this off is that you have to get in a position where you have control of their head so that they can't just pull away and then start wailing away on you because now they're more pissed off than ever that you tried to rip their mouth apart. So if you're on top, then this makes things a lot easier because they can't pull their head back. You can either your thumbs or your fingers, you can just get them into the mouth and then you can just pull. But what if you're not on top of them, right? So one way that I like to teach for this is if you can get your arm wrapped around their head or their neck and that, that kind of comes naturally a lot of times if you're on the ground, like wrestling around, you can get around their head in some way. Usually there's a way to get to their face. Okay. 90% of the time. And so when you do that, especially if you have your arm wrapped around their head or their neck, you're going to naturally feel their mouth and you can then get a finger inside of there very easily because all you have to do is just get into the corner of their mouth. That's it. And most likely the wrestling around there, I mean, they're going to, they're going to be trying to breathe. They're going to be tired. So their mouth is going to be open anyway, trying to breathe. So then all you have to do is just hook your other thumb or your finger into the opposite cheek and then pull apart. That's all there is to it. Now, you may even be able to like use your other fingers and their head to get leverage to pull your fingers apart. So if you almost think like if you're facing somebody and you got your thumbs in somebody's mouth and they're in your fingers like around kind of like the back, like toward the back of their head, if you were to like pull your thumb and your fingers together. So using like the back of their head in a way where you're kind of pulling your fingers together, like you can use that leverage to get strength, even, you know, on the ground. It's, it's actually quite simple. All right. So I know the other question you have is, but what if they're on top of you, right? And they're, they're punching away at you. Well, the key here is that you need to bring them down to you. So there are a couple ways of doing this. One is the traditional, like that, where you, you, you bump them forward by quickly bucking your hips up into the air to where they have to catch themselves from falling by putting their hands out on the ground, like in front of them. And that's going to be near your head. Now, a lot of BJJ guys right there, that's like, that's where they're going for the arm bar. They're able to get in there to the, uh, to the arm and they're going to go for the arm bar there, which this though brings their head closer to yours, which brings their face close to yours, where you can wrap your arms around their neck or their head, and then you just go to town exactly as I told you to do there. Now, the other method is to do a cover block with your arms. So this is kind of like if they are punching away at you, right? They get a superior a position. They're in the mount. They're on top of you. They're trying to punch away at your head. You've got to protect your face and your head. And so you do a cover block, which is basically you're going to bring your, your forearms up. You're going to cover the side of your head with your, uh, like your biceps and you're going to, you've got your, your, uh, 
your arms up, so you're, you're, you're guarding yourself in the front and in the side. And then that's going to help protect you. Now, what you do want, want to do from there is kind of duck your, your chin down into your body, and then you're going to grab their shirt. And when you grab your shirt, their shirt with both hands, or you've still got yourself in the cover block because you're bringing your head forward closer to them. And then from there, you can either pull them down to you if you have that kind of leverage and that, that ability to do that. Or if you can't, what you can do is start to climb your way up their shirt with your hands. You just kind of like, you just keep grabbing more shirt up above. And then what you're going to do is you're eventually going to get enough leverage that they're going to fall forward and their head is going to be right there for you to wrap around and then go for those lips. The thing here is that you've got to be aggressive. you got to be fast. You have to be brutal with your movements. So we're talking about a real fight. We're not talking about drunk Uncle Albert at the family picnic here, all right? Because it is brutal. And you're only going to get maybe just one chance at this where you're going to give it away. And you've got to make that count, okay? Now, go out there and practice on somebody. Go practice on Uncle Albert, all right? All right, but before that, make sure that you hit me up on our blog at warriorlifepodcast.com and let me know what you thought about this episode in the comments section there. Um, also, if you know any other ground moves that are easy for somebody to learn, they don't have to go and get a black belt to do it, I'd love to hear your thoughts in there as well. Plus, don't forget to check us out over on the YouTubes at youtube.com slash warrior. And be sure to subscribe there and hit the bell so that you don't miss a single episode. And yes, we are getting ready to start releasing some more videos again soon. So I'm working on it, working on it here. All right. Until our next Warrior Life podcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.